Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Well, we're continuing to meet the whole Wellversed team. The Wellversed team, as you know, backs up uh, World Prayer Network and gathering them like this has been a lot of fun for me. I'm going to go right now to Jeanette. Jeanette Bradley. Now, you've never seen her. You've never met her. She's way back hidden in the recesses. What does she do? She keeps the mailing list together for us. She's a volunteer that puts in a lot of hours, a ton of hours. She also does proofreading. I'll send stuff over at 11 o'clock at night, think she'll proofread next morning. I'll get it back at 11.45, completely proofread, catching every possible error. The woman just never sleeps, apparently. She's a businesswoman, and she's an author and now a recording artist. Okay, let's explain that. Jeanette, what is your business? What do you do? You just bought another business and expanded your business. What do you do? I have a preschool, which is a, a complete dream. I get to teach children when they're young that they're valuable and that Jesus loves them. It's amazing. This is our 25th year, and uh, the Lord just blessed me with our own school. So we have been renting for 25 years. And so this year, he just gave me last month a new school that's four times the size as our previous school. So I've been very busy. Uh, she, she is most certainly busy. Now, you wrote a book recently. What's the book about? Well, the book is called The First 12 Days of Preschool, and it's the things that we do in school, teach the kids how to raise their hands, line up, clean up after themselves. And we were recording, um, practicing for our Christmas program, and I started to get the words to this song, and it was the Lord downloading this song to me. And he had asked me previously, we were talking about, I said, Lord, um, what, what is one of the things that you love about me? And he said, well, I love that you always say yes, and that you love adventures. And so this is one of the great adventures that he took me on. Um, so he gave me the words and said, put it in a book. And I said, okay, I, I didn't really know how to do that. And then after we did that, he said, um, record the song. And I said, okay, um, that, that's not like a strong point by any means, uh, but he reminded me that I love adventures. And then he said, uh, we're gonna do a music video. And I said, okay. Um, and that was quite a stretch. Um, so this is the book, the first 12 days of preschool. And so we did go and record the song in a, a studio with a recording artist. It was fabulous. And then there's a music video that we'll get to watch that goes with this as well. Wow, very good. We want, to, we want to see this. We met you through a trip to Israel. You went on a trip to Israel with us. You got connected with my wife through that, and that's how my wife and I actually first met you. And you are a servant of servants. I watched you on that trip. Uh, a few people got sick, and you jumped in and started taking care of the ill, and you started doing all kinds of things for people. You're of servant's art, in addition to writing a, a very important book. And now we're going to hear a little bit of, about one minute of music this is going to be you singing, is that correct? I am on there singing, yes, and my grandson, my best friend's daughter, and recording artist, Lady Bang. Okay, let's hear this one minute from uh, the 12 first days of preschool. The first 12 days of preschool. There we go. One, two, raise my hand, and how to count? One, two, three. On the 12th day of preschool, my teacher taught to me, lay down without talking, how to write my letters, clean up all my messes, shapes of different sizes, all the different colors, how to work together, look without 
wow, that is creative. Way to go. When we see something like that, we know a lot of work went into producing. Yes. That, that is remarkable. Way to go. Jeanette Bradley, I so thank God for you. So proud of you. Anything you want to say before we take off? I'm going to go to the next one in just a, a few seconds. Anything that comes to your mind you want to share before we go? It's just an honor to be part of this team and happy birthday. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, let's go next to Charmaine, Charmaine Webster. Now, she functions as executive director of uh, Wellverse, which means she does a ton of things, a whole bunch of things. She's hyper creative. She's an entrepreneur. She's a promoter, et cetera, et cetera. I met her on Facebook. Uh, and I saw her affirming some strong stands. And I said, who is this lady? Didn't realize that she had married to the grandson of the famous Edwin Lewis Cole who we've already referred to twice on this recording. And so she is going to, I'm going to have her just tell her story. This is amazing. Where were you born, Shamane? I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. And I assume you were uh, a Christian when you were born. <laughs> I was born into a Muslim family. So I, that's how I grew up. I grew up as a Muslim. How'd you get from Pakistan to the U.S.? Well, it's actually a very interesting story. My mom married um, a man in Pakistan, and he it, he was an abusive husband. Um, got was put under a lot of scrutiny for um, for divorcing him um, from that abuse. Uh, she was invited to come to the United States by her brother. It was supposed to be just a temporary stay to help him out, um, but when she got here, she she just saw. Uh, she she saw freedom. She saw that she could start again. She saw that she could make something of herself and um, no one was going to try and stop her. I think she really uh, experienced what we so often have loved about America. And uh, so we, we started, we became resident aliens and then we moved on to citizenship over the course of the year. So we just started a whole new life here when I was about six years old. And not only did you become a U.S. citizen, and you love America, but somewhere you got introduced to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's right. Uh, I went, uh, when I started going to public school in about eighth grade, I met my husband, uh, Seth. Of course, he wasn't my husband then, but um, tried to get his attention. Uh, couldn't get it, um, but we, over time, we became friends, and then Eventually, uh, he, when he became saved, he came back around and started inviting me to church. And I started uh, going to church reluctantly. I started going. And when I opened up the Bible and started studying the Old Testament, uh, God showed me the power and the significance of the blood of Jesus. And uh, that really opened my eyes. And somewhere along the line, you, after you fell in love with Jesus, you also really began to stand in defending this country as well you're a strong patriot can you say a word about that yeah i you know um i think it's easy for people who don't understand what it what tyranny looks like and who don't understand how to appreciate uh freedom um, to take those kinds of things for granted. And if you don't know the truth, you don't realize what you're losing. You don't realize you're losing your freedom. And I'm watching, I'm observing this, and we've been so grateful for everything this country's provided. The fact that we come over here and start fresh and be treated 
um, so well and, and embraced capitalism. My mom started her own business, just all the blessings of living in America and then watching people literally try and tear this country apart. It was very difficult to watch. And I, and I felt like uh, I needed to stand up for the country that uh, treated my family so well. She's a defender of America and a lover of Jesus. And now you, uh, you and I have been working a lot together for this future conference events, July 20, 21, 22 in the Washington, D.C. area. Why should people come to the future conference, Charmaine? Well, I would say in one word, this conference provides answers. I think uh, answers to uh, a lot of things that Christians right now in this critical time on the cultural storm that we're in, they need answers. They need to know how to deliver those answers and they need to know how to prepare for their future in the best way possible so that they're not drowning, but they're soaring. So I think that's what the conference is going to do. And Another thing that I just love about the conference is that we're going to have a lot of like-minded people come together and a lot of um, new relationships that are going to be birthed. And I think that's really important in the body of Christ in this day and age. Shalmane has worked on tons of details, so hotels and all, everything's, everything's, you just go to uh, wellversedworld.org and then click on that. You'll see a picture of, of a future conference and click on that one and everything comes up there. And Charmaine's name and number comes up there in case you have a problem. <laughs> call her. Isn't that right? If you have a problem, call me. Yes. <laughs> no, see, thank you so much, Charmaine. Thank you so much for what it's you do. It's my pleasure. I so appreciate you. You, you bless me. Well, we're going to go to uh, Terry. Terry Barnes. Terry Barnes is the tech guy, a tech brilliant guy, who keeps everything going on the World Prayer Network, all the technology, our website, and all this stuff. But he, he for, for a long time, he by himself was running it every, every Wednesday and Sunday night. And that's three hours each time, you remember. Two hours live, but an hour of prayer with the intercession team before that. And so three hours, just uh, twice a week on that alone. Now, he's, he's trained some guys who do some of Tristan, who's on this call also. And, and we talked to Alan, but he, he, uh, he, he carried it. And then we had all kinds of challenges. Because of our content, uh, YouTube loves to cancel us, and we don't necessarily conform to everything social media likes, and so we, we're dodging jail from time to time. And Terry's had to navigate unbelievable challenges. But Terry, you have a story. You're surrounded by guitars right now, so music is an epicenter and worship the epicenter of your life. But it wasn't always that way. Terry Barnes, I wish we had an hour, but in just a few seconds, Tell us the Terry Barnes story. Well, thank you, Jim. It's really an honor to be here because I shouldn't be standing here today simply because uh, my life was going in a, a steady downward spiral for a long, long time. And uh, what I found is that when I studied vocal music in college, that was my ambition. And I ended up going into financial services for many years, uh, dealing with investments, insurance-related products, and then lo and behold, I got caught up in the social scene, like a lot of people, chasing the American dream and developed an addiction to alcohol that was so severe. I ended up four times in the ER back in 2010. And when I woke up out of a semi-coma, God really spoke to my heart and said, Terry, choose life or choose death. And I chose life. And I dedicated my life 
to uh, getting back into perspective what was what was good, what was truth. And I had to go through my time of recovery for almost a year. And during that time, something amazing happened to me, Jim. And that was, uh, I was at a mission over in Redding, California. And I was living with a, a group of men that were going through their own battles with addiction and recovery. And I was seeing the pride that was on my shoulders start to get peeled off that God was do, doing supernaturally. And one day I got a phone call and I found out that I had lost all of my house belongings. They were sold in a lien sale. My marriage of 30 years was basically on the rocks. I was losing the most precious thing in my life. And it, it dawned on me that uh, I was in a situation I thought I would never be in at that stage. But chasing the American dream, that's exactly what it was. It was a dream. But one night after I learned that I had lost everything there, I, I had a gentleman that picked me up in a truck to take me to a pastor's house. And he looked at my face. He said, Terry, how come you're so sad? Where's that smile I normally see? And I said, Darren, if it's, if it's one thing to be at a mission at almost 50 years of age and to know that everything you work for, everything that I wanted my entire life that I worked hard to get is all gone. All I have is these jeans and this T-shirt on my back. I'm devastated. And he looked at me, he said, Terry, he said, I've been in prison twice in my life. I've lost everything. And I'm here to tell you that God is going to restore tenfold the things that you've lost if you will be faithful with him. He said, turn around. What do you see in the back of the truck? And I said, what's that mean? That seemed kind of sarcastic. He said, what do you see? And I looked back there and I, and I told him, I said, my guitar. He said, that's right, Terry. God left you that guitar, that one thing, because you're going to sing praises to his name for the rest of your days. So right next to me, this is my original guitar that I kept that I used for many, many years. It's a 12 string guitar. And I have allowed that to be my voice of what God's done in healing in my own life and restoration. So I'm here to tell you today that everything I thought was mine was never mine to begin with. It was always his. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Wow. And so you set it up perfectly. We need you to lead in the song of worship right now. Amen. I'd be honored to. Well, this is all about giving glory to the King of all kings because he's worthy of everything in our lives.
And that worship, and and especially given that story, that is just remarkable. Uh, Terry, you you are a huge blessing to Wellverse. You walked into uh, the life of our ministry at just the right time, and uh, you are profoundly loved. I want you to know that. 
We thank God for you. Thank God for you. Well, I'm going to go to Kyle. Kyle Herman. Now, Kyle Herman has done a lot of things for the elders. Oh, my goodness. He's, uh, well, he took care of the books and resources for a while back before Tristan did. He, uh, he, he's been the fix-it guy. He fixed all kinds of challenges and problems. He uh, is intellectually smart on all the issues that we're dealing with. Uh, he was smart enough. He set up the podcast the equipment behind me, and we used to record all our podcasts right here. He, he is, he's the jack of all trades, and he's the master of all of them. And uh, in addition to that, he knocked out a, let's see, during that time, you, you got a bachelor's degree from where in what, Kyle? Uh, Point Loma Nazarene University in history. And then you just finished a master's from where in what? Uh, master's in political science from Liberty University. And you're starting a doctoral program where? Uh, at Liberty University as well, online. And you teach in both, uh, let's see, a Christian school and a Christian college. Where do you teach? I teach at Foothills Christian High School, which is where I'm currently sitting with the purple walls. And uh, I teach at Chula Vista Christian University. Um, and then at a, another school called Independent Learning Academy, which operates across the county as well. But there's more to the Kyle Herman story. At a very young age, he ran successfully for office. You were elected to what office at what age? I was elected to the Valley de Oro Community Planning Group at the age of 21. I was still a senior in college, so I actually got seated uh, five months before I walked uh, with my bachelor's. And uh, let me tell you, the, the planning committee in California, these planning commissions, uh, they have some clout and they have some power. Uh, I could go into the stories because I, uh, I tried to build a building, uh, a Skyline Church when I was pastor there. We did build it. It cost a total of 52.5 million. And we finished it in, what year we finished it? A few years ago, but it was a challenge and a building in California is great difficulty uh, environmentally and in many places now, of course. So the planning commissions are, are rather, rather powerful entities. Now you're you're in another uh, run. You're, you're, you're running for what office? Running for the La Mesa Spring Valley School District. No small accomplishment for a young man to already being, have one victory under his belt, and we pray a second one coming. Kyle Herman, I'm so proud of you. Thank you're you. awesome. Uh, you, he, he'll pick us up at the airport and drive us home, and I know it's always going to be a fun time get to hang out with Kyle and learn the, the latest news from Kyle, and he keeps he is, he is up in his way, very politically and governmentally sophisticated. He knows the ropes now. Watched him develop. It's been staggering. Kyle, proud of you. Love you, brother. Blessings on you. Thank you. Love you, too. Well, now we're going to go, oh, my goodness, to my sister, Judy. Judy, uh, you had a birthday recently, right before mine's today. Of course, but you had a birthday just a few days ago. And our, our older sister, uh, her birthday is a few days ago. And she passed away a long time ago, and uh, our mother's birthday is in, in two days. Uh, she turns 101, and and then our, our father, our late father's birthday was in a few days after that, so it's kind of a it's kind of birthday season for us. So mom posted some pictures a couple days ago of you and me. I had not seen them. Can you bring the, Tristan, are you able to bring those pictures up right now? I was about six months old, it was, let's say, three and a half years. Yeah, there's a picture of with our dad, and uh, I don't know if you can see his hands. His hands were huge, so much so I had a 
I had a bronze cast made of his hands. I still have it of his hands, detailed right down to the fingerprint. His hands were enormous. Now, this, that's my sister, Judy, uh, and, and that's me um, well, about 74 and a half years ago as a, as a six-month-old or younger than that, I guess. I get, yeah, I'd be younger than that there. Go to the next one. A couple more. Now, I'm going to jump right in talking to Judy. Uh, here, here we are. Yeah, I'm a little older now, I guess. Here we are on a tricycle. And then one more. Now, Judy's always been my protector <laughs> in every way. She's heads up the intercession team that now leads. You can bring it back up. Let's, Judy, let's get you on the screen here. Uh, you've been leading the intercession team, the prayer team for, uh, for, for me forever and for well-versed from the time it started. And then you went off and, and, and did prayer vigils at the United Nations way before I knew I was going to start a ministry there. You went to Washington, D.C. over and over and led prayer vigils and not knowing we're going to have a ministry there. And then you kept going uh, during, and prayed with a lot of officials, politically, governmentally, I won't need to say their names now, we don't need to say that. But you've been heavily involved and you helped lead in one hour of prayer before every uh, World Prayer Network calls. Judy, you've been my protector and my prayer partner and through all this, I sure love you and I'm proud of you. And Addie, I'll, I'm gonna say her age, she just turned 70, 79. And she has more energy than all the 20 somethings you know, and by the way, she just knocked out her master's degree uh, just a few months ago. She's a registered nurse. She uh, was a home health care nurse, a psychiatric nurse, et cetera. So she's, she knows the road. Judy, I'm glad you're on. Uh, tell us a little bit about a little bit more about you that I've left off and your passion for prayer. Well, I, I will mention this. I felt called to pray for Jim to be an intercessor for him when he was 18. And... Um, I remember the moment I was standing in the church foyer where I started hearing him talk. I knew he was going to be a pastor, but I could tell he has mind was way beyond just pastoring a church. And, and it's just like light bulb went off and I felt it was like, oh, he's going to need prayer. And so I have always called that my my time where I knew I didn't know what he was headed into or what I was headed into. But that's that's how God puts that burden in your heart to carry. And he teaches you how to carry it. So I actually started uh, at, in prayer, uh, like most people do, where you have a burden and a burden for our fam my family and a burden for the church. And so I started praying that way. And then I became, uh, there's a progression to it. And then I um, progressed. I always felt drawn to governmental things. So I began to pray for governmental things. And um, so my friendship, how I got to the UN was my friendship with Jody Wood. I'd had her speak at some of my a prayer conference I held and I'd met her I was in San Diego she was in New York City and she knew a lot about war, um, spiritual warfare and so I had her come and speak and I was going on a trip to New York and so I called her up and these are the words I said to her I said how can I support you in what you're praying into I thought she would tell me to go pray in front of some building or along some street in New York and uh, I just thought, we'll just help the New York City intercessors. And um, she was very paused, very quiet and said, are you willing to go to the UN? And I said, oh, yes, I was, I never dreamed I, I'd get to go there. And so she said, okay, you have to have your passport to me or in three days. And so I went to the UN and it was a conference that was being held. 
um, actually they were worshiping and um, there was just us 20 intercessors. And when the worship stopped, I turned around and looked at this auditorium that I was in and um, there were a hundred Africans there worshiping in the UN who were employees. And I knew they had a burden for the UN. And I remember watching that and thinking, uh, they're praying for the UN. I, I haven't prayed for the UN. And that's when the UN was laid on my heart and I saw nations and I began to learn about nations. And so I had many trips back there. So when Jim said, when you said, let's do, um, I feel called to the UN. I remember when you said that, I was so excited because I knew it needed um, more people called to the UN. And so we got to set up the prayer team for that. And love, I like to do protocol and have different nationalities involved and represent God's kingdom that way. And we always honor the local people um, who are there. And so uh, Jody would, we work with her and others, but that was a very interesting experience. And I begin to, one thing I learned was about the Valley of Decision, how there's nations who will decide if they're sheep or goats. So I begin to see the world as sheep and goat nations and the, and the need for that. And then I um, um, was waiting on waiting for a mandate from the Lord. As intercessors, we have um, we have a lot of assignments, and then suddenly things stop. And I've always learned when God's not speaking or when it's quiet, just it's a resting period, and to stop and wait. And I told my intercessory team we're waiting for a mandate from the Lord. We weren't going to do any prayer assignments until we knew we had a mandate from the Lord. And sure enough, one came, I got a phone call about praying for something in DC and that Jim was involved in. And I knew that was my mandate to take a team to DC. And um, so we took a teams, many teams to DC to pray for what started there. And it uh, eventually uh, turned into well-versed ministry um, there. And so, you have to teach intercessors how to pray for governmental people because um, there's details. It's very um, laborious and there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff that goes on and you pray for papers to get signed and uh, moved around from desk to desk for approval. So I like to train up governmental intercessors because you're not necessarily just born that way but because God draws you into governmental intercession and I built teams to pray for governmental people that are based on confidentiality and and teamwork and so that way the a governmental person can trust that it's absolutely confidential and they also need to be able to trust that we have credibility and um, that we will we are there to support them in their family life and then some of the responsibilities we have so um, there's been teams of people and I've learned that to um, handle transition versus a progression and then there's transitions god start stops one thing and then opens up a whole nother avenue so the lord has many surprises and i learned the most valuable thing was just to listen to the voice of the lord and he just keeps adding and changing and we just keep moving with him i am so thankful god gave me you as my sister 
Thank you. And he, Me too. he put, like John the Baptist, he put you here four years early to prepare the way. Uh, <laughs> well, I love it. working with you, so it's well, been a privilege for me. <laughs> we, we grew up in a home. We grew up in a home where, where people say you shouldn't discuss religion and politics. That's all we ever discussed. Uh, plus, we sang. We were a musical family, so we sang and we did concerts and we cut albums and stuff like that and traveled a bunch of places. I mean, well, we were big fish in a little tiny pond. We were a rural area and did a lot of concerts. I don't know, about 10 state area or something, about 500 concerts over an eight-year span. So we did a lot of music, but we also talked uh, religion and politics. We, we loved Jesus. We were passionate about the Lord as a family. My parents were consistent in every way spiritually. I never saw inconsistency ever in them spiritually. And then they were politically astute and smart and would take us uh, to events uh, of, of that nature. Judy, the title of your book, uh, and you, you have, a, let's see, the title of your book, first book is what? Take the Name of Jesus With You, and it's about prayer walking. And then beyond that? Well, one is in the process, and it's going to be about leadership for governmental prayer leaders, helping people lead for designated prayer teams for governmental people, not just effectively written. It's your master's paper, mm -hmm. master's degree paper. Yes. So we got to get that thing out. And her husband, her husband is a poet, a prophetic poet, and has written four? Four books, and he's got another one that's ready to go. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. We, we need to offer those on the World Prayer Network sometimes. Rich words. They're, they're incredible. Well, we're going to go to somebody else, and then we got Alma, Alma Rivera as our closeout. I want to get right now to, uh, I, I ordinarily would not talk about my age because everybody's, nobody wants to act like they're old. They all want to be 35 years of age forever, uh, but I'm not. I'm 75 today, and I guess I better brag about it because it took me that long to get here. I invested 75 years in this. And I'm, I'm proud of it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours, a lot of days. But there was one person who was present there that day, right with me when it happened. And I'm going to bring her. Mom, can you unmute and bring on your video? My mom's pretty high tech. There she is. Mom, how old are you as of two days from now? 101. 101. We had a major blowout a year ago. You turned 100. And we are so excited now. Here we're going for 101. Now, you had an aunt that lived to be how old? 106. You going to break that record? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Mom still lives alone, uh, takes care of herself. Now, Judy lives just a few feet away. So Judy can come over there and, and be with her a lot. And then and my, my brother-in-law, but uh, she takes care of herself. And she can still drive. And uh, by the way, she reminds me if I say don't drive, she says, I have no speeding tickets. And she knows I've had some. She's not had any. And she says, I drive better than everybody else out there. And she actually says this to me. I don't drive slow like old folks do. That's a, that was a direct quote. Spontaneous. Mom, where were you 75 years ago today? St. Joseph Hospital in Concordia, Kansas. <laughs> and what happened that day? We got, the Lord gave us a little baby boy. And was I born early in the morning, right? Yes. Yeah. What, what time, about what time, approximately what time was I born? Uh, your daddy called his brother, Ray. Uh, he was so thrilled to have a little boy because Ray only had two girls and, and didn't have a boy. So Bruce called him pretty early in the morning, four o'clock, I think. I'm not sure, but. 
I, I, that's the only time I got up early. I've been a night person ever since then. <laughs> well, mom, I cannot tell you how much I admire, respect, and love you. You walk the Christian walk in every way. You're consistent to this day, every day. You're in the word every single, I call you every night and you've either just completed or you're just starting your Bible study for that day, for that, for that night. You've lived out the consistent life. I've seen you witness the neighbors. I think you're still trying to witness to your neighbors right now. I so love and admire and respect you. I, I, I know we can't keep you forever, but I'm sure glad a guy at 75 still has his mother. How many people have that? Very, very few. So well, you've thanks. been a blessing to us for 75 years, and I appreciate <laughs> all you've done. Happy birthday, Jim. Love you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mom. We love you as well. Now we're going to go to Alma. We didn't get Rosemary, and I, you know Rosemary's story. You know my story, so that's why Rosemary's not here. We haven't focused on, 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 on my stuff. You, you know us well. I want you to meet this team who's behind the scenes who does all this stuff. They work so hard, and you never get to hear from them. Uh, Michelle Bachman, who's worked with us, uh, she couldn't be in this taping that I'm part of, so she's going to probably finish it out, I'm guessing. I don't know uh, she, when she's going to tape, but she'll, she'll finish it out on her own, I, I believe. But we have not covered Alma Rivera, who <laughs> the first, I was, we were doing a World Prayer Network call, and I saw on the names Alma Rivera, and I went, let's see, I, I know that name. So I real quick checked Facebook. I said, I think she's, a, I've seen her on Facebook. I said, I think she's a singer. So I went to check Facebook. Sure enough, I said, that lady is a singer. So I had never met her on the air live. I said, Alma Rivera, are you a singer? She says, yes. Will you sing for us? I sprung it on her. That's the very first time she sang. And then we just have her sing every time she can. And she's going to be at the future conference Folks, the future conference topics, some of them are hard, some are difficult. It's preparing for what is to come, and some of what's to come is not great. Some's difficult. I have literally planned into the schedule, serious, what I call interludes. The interludes are in between speakers. A few moments, not very long. It could be a question and answer. It could be some commentary about what we just heard. But I have three people, Alma for worship and for exhortation, and Jurgen and Leanne Matesias. They're the pastors, co-pastors, senior founders of Awaken Church. They have six campuses here in the San Diego area and one other city. And they're going to be there. And they're not even speaking, although they speak all over the world. They're not speaking. They're there for one reason, to bring apostolic or prophetic declarations or messages or to pray. They're to keep us focused on Jesus. When you're seeing all this stuff, I want, I want the Lord to be lifted up so people don't get depressed and discouraged because our eyes have to stay on him. So... Alma, who's an incredible exhorter, along with Pastor Jurgen Matesius, his wife Leanne Matesius, these three are spiritual powerhouses, and they're charged with one task, keep the conference focused on our Lord and the victory that we have, and that we do not have to walk in fear and intimidation. So that's why Alma's going to be there. She's going to be leading in worship, start each day with worship, and then she'll be in these interludes, as I call them, after a speaker. I don't know, one or two or five or 10, 15 times. I don't know. Whatever the Lord directs, we'll know about that time. Alma, you come from what country? Thank you, Pastor Jim. First of all, happy birthday. <laughs> in Spanish, we say, feliz cumpleaños in Mexico. Feliz cumpleaños a ti. From how Mexico. Do say, how, how do you say 75? 
75. Uh, which, which in English, I think, translates very old. <laughs> 75, you know, it's, it's kind of long. 75, okay. 75. So you were born in Mexico? I was born in Mexico City, yes. And somehow you started dating a man who spoke no Spanish and you spoke no English. And you yeah. dated without a language capacity. It was crazy because we met, and, and this, nobody knows this, so I'm going to just share it with my family, the World Project Network, and everybody who's watching. Uh, we met online, yeah, a Christian website. We, we met, and then uh, I was no, I didn't speak English in that time. He didn't speak Spanish. So we were communicating with Google Translate, you know, when you copy and paste like that. It was crazy. Oh my goodness, some translations could go wrong. You took a risk there, way to go. Well, you married, you fell in love, you married a wonderful godly man, you live in New York City, and in the midst of this, God gave you tremendous musical skills. You've gone all over the country, performing, ministering, leading in worship. I, I mean, you're, you're on the road a lot, but the most intriguing is when you would go to Trump rallies in New York City, have your truck there and set up speakers and start worshiping the Lord. And the crowd would join you in worship of the Lord at what was supposed to be a political rally. Absolutely. Yeah, it was crazy because you know what? That was in 2020. So when the pandemic, everything, you know, hit and, and everything. So all the countries, we were supposed to have a world tour in 2020. We were supposed to go uh, Singapore, Indonesia, South Africa, Philippines, Malaysia, whatever. So everything stopped. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? So we decided, and I said, you know what? I We have an, a small speaker, a generator, and a microphone. And we have a, a sponsor who helped us to, to get the whole thing. And we said, you know what? They are meeting in, 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 in the train station, in the parks. So guess where we are going to bring the gospel? Because I, I was like, I can be sitting on my living room or, or hidden in, in the bedroom or in my home doing nothing because people are looking for answers. And I, I need to go out there to bring hope to bring uh, salvation, to, to share the gospel, and to bring hope because we hear a lot, you know, suicide, suicidal thoughts, people that were killing themselves. It was crazy until now. So I was like, okay, God, you gave us something. So I, I want to be a good steward and do what you call me to do. And doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I don't have the stage, the amazing system. You know, when we were traveling, we have the band, the whole band and the whole thing, you know. But now was raw worship, Pastor Jim. And it was amazing. We were heading into these Trump rallies and I can I start with God bless America, right? Like God bless America. And people they were like, what is happening? So they were coming, they were coming. And at the end they were, you know, moving the flags and everything. And at the end, so before that song was like a, the hook to bring people. So I was like, you know, God gave me the a heaven strategy to, to, to how we're gonna, you know, approach them. And and so I started with that song. So they came into the a pickup truck. We have a, a pickup truck instead of the stage. So now, you know, we, we were going there and 
singing and I said, okay, guys, you hear this? So, okay, guys, so we have a good news for you guys. Jesus loves you. We have hope. And I started encouraging people at the end of those rallies. Those rallies were converted into worship intercession rallies. You see, tons of conservatives, I send you different videos, right? So ton, they were screaming, they were saying amen, they were coming into the, the, the pickup truck and they were lifting their hands and they're saying, save me, Jesus, like that. Save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus. So we have thousands of people in those strong rallies. And now the interesting thing is happening now. Those rallies that invite me, in, that um, I crash, right because we crushed those, those rallies now those rallies are inviting me not just to worship but to pray and then to do an speech imagine with this accent oh, oh, <laughs> oh. amazing amazing and god is giving us speeches last week two weeks ago we shared a stage with major rudy giuliani was there and different place different uh, uh, people who are running for the senators and, and congressmen and everything but now we are doing a lot with with the julianis i don't know why but god knows everything <laughs> and in the midst of all this we're, we're out of time here I'm, i've gone way over in the midst of all this you you became a u.s citizen and we're so proud of you we're so awesome and, and, uh, Charmaine, boy, there's a black cat right behind you coming in the screen. That's awesome. Naturally. Uh, we had Charmaine on a moment ago. She became a U.S. citizen. Tristan became a U.S. citizen. It was on a little bit ago. And and we rejoiced with you. Can you take us out? Now, uh, Michelle Bachman is going to take, she couldn't be with us on these taping. We had to grab people when they could. So we're taping all over the course of the day. And uh, Michelle Bachman's going to be on. I'm going to be gone. She's going to be on and, and finish it on out uh, for us. But could you... Uh, before Congresswoman Bachman talks, could you take us out with a worship song? Absolutely. This is called Great God. I grow this song so you can go and find it on my website, musicbyalma.com. You can find this amazing praise of lifting song, Great God. You're always there for me When I call you, you give me the strength 
my goodness you get better every time thank you thank you so much you, you're the finale for my birthday party <laughs> thank you and to all of you who joined i am so grateful i'm glad you got to meet the family i have the privilege of working with every day uh i i'm, I'm so profoundly blessed i'm just thinking I, I get to enjoy them here on earth and then with eternity in heaven what a party that's going to be for all of us but thank you for joining us so Rather unusual birthday party. Thank you for being with me. Blessings. We'll see you in a few days on the World Prayer Network as it continues. 
But thank you so much for praying for us, supporting us, encouraging us, and staying with us, even when it goes long like it did tonight. Thank you. Blessings on you. Go in the joy of Jesus. We'll see you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.